Hey beauties, I'm Megan Noreen, your resident womb witch and cyclical guide. I invite you on a journey with me through the landscape of cycle awareness, social justice, and spirituality as we follow the embodied path of womb, earth, and moon. Welcome to Lunarscape. Our cycle news today is based on a survey done by the George Mason University in which they found that 1 in 10 college students in the United States are experiencing period poverty. 14.2% have experienced it over the last year and 10% are experiencing period poverty every month. And they found that the Black and Latinx menstruators were the most likely to be affected, which unfortunately is not that surprising as we know that systemic racism is linked to cycles of poverty for these communities. This survey also drew a link between period poverty and depression. And those who were experiencing period poverty were more likely to experience depression. And also, this being connected to the BIPOC community, having a higher percentage representation in the 10% of those experiencing period poverty. So, what can you do about this? I'll just share that my own experience for my one semester of grad school that I had at the University of Victoria in British Columbia. And part of the student society there, there is a gender empowerment center. And through this center, every student gives 95 cents every semester. That is for a full-time student. So for less than $2 a year, this center is able to provide free products to all of the students across campus. And in all of the bathrooms on campus, there were pads and tampons readily available and used as I saw frequently them being um, replenished and used. And they are also giving out free menstrual cups if you go to their office and ask for one. So this is something if you are a part of a college community or have access to somebody within uh, the college community and can advocate for a group to, to use part of their funding to provide products for the students. The amount of money that students pay for college, I think it is more than reasonable for two of those dollars to go towards accessing free period products for the menstruators on campus. Also, 30 states in the United States still take sales tax, which raises the cost of products and makes it more difficult for people in the lower income brackets. So if you are able to contact your Congress representative and share your views on how you believe that the sales tax should be taken off of period products that are not luxury items but necessary items for those of us who bleed. 
And then also you can donate products to your local houseless shelter. You can call and ask what they are needing and many of these shelters need products uh, frequently as it's not something that is often donated. You can also make a monetary donation to hashtag happy period, which specifically supports black menstruators. All right, so today I am cycle day 15 and in my inner summer, and I have been seesawing back and forth between being really productive and getting tasks done and having a lot of energy to do my work and then having um, just feelings of overwhelm and feeling like there's so much to do, I can't really decide on one thing to do. And that's been going um, every other day for about this past week. And I think it has a lot to do with what I'm going to share um, in this podcast today and the integration period of what I have learned over six weeks of arrest and then coming back into um, full-time work again. And yeah, I think I'm just struggling a little bit finding how to balance those. Um, but overall feeling quite good today on my day 15. And, um, that's why I chose to record this podcast, um, today. So, Let's just jump on in and see what flows from this conversation. So this is just going to be a short podcast update style. I'm just going to be doing some small reflections on... Yeah, what transpired over my six-week winter hibernation and how things are integrating now back that I am working. So I decided last year at some point, pretty early in the year, I actually contacted somebody who was also self-employed and they had told me that they were... Um, you know, out of the office for the winter and to contact them again in February. And that sort of started me thinking about the rhythms of the earth and how, you know, during the winter, the earth rests and how it is needed for the coming seasons of spring, summer, um, to really flourish and thrive. And so I really wanted to see if that model could be implemented in my business and how I work. So, uh, coming towards the end of the year, I was really feeling like, um, an invitation was presented to me to hibernate from Yule at the end of December through to Imbolc, which was just, uh, last week, the beginning of February. And really take that time just to do things that um, were restful and nourishing for myself in um, 
in the attempt just to really release expectations on myself, expectations on my business. Um, yeah, and just live into the being of life instead of uh, so much the doing. So first, I really want to recognize what a privilege it was, um, what a privilege I have that it that I was able to take six weeks off. Um, you know, what a privilege I have that I'm even able to take a day off um, because there's so many people that can't can't afford to do that. And I knew before this that, you know, I had enough savings that I wasn't going to run out of money. And, you know, living in India, that I have a very low cost of living that really is not risking too much to take six weeks off and also having a partner that um, has income coming into our our um, relationship our family uh, meant that you know it wasn't a very difficult decision to make um, I wasn't yeah again I wasn't risking it too much by making this decision but I recognize and um, yeah I really see those people that aren't able to take that um, those that are caught in cycles of poverty and the implications of systemic racism and what that means for for people that aren't able to take off and have to work, you know, two, three jobs just to be able to meet their basic needs. So if that is you and you are listening, I hope that at least something in the in my reflections in this podcast will be helpful in, yeah, just being able to create more space and in your own life and just to be able to allow you to to dream of the possibilities of um, finding finding rest within your days and your weeks um, even in between you know your jobs and the responsibilities that you have. All right, so I will start. Uh, with how I was feeling at the end of December coming up to Yule when I had decided to take time off. I was just finishing one of my online courses and um, was feeling like really proud of myself and celebrating um, the course and that I, you know, it was the first time I was running it. So feeling really energized about that. And then coming to um, Instagram, where I was spending most of my time, uh, I was feeling really uh, actually quite scared to sort of sign off of Instagram and wondering if people would, you know, remember me and remember the work I was doing. And so, yeah, I was having a lot of those fears come up uh, beforehand, and it kind of... Um, yeah, made it a little a little difficult to the transition into um, signing off and starting the hibernation. But I noticed that once I finally did sign off and um, fell into this rhythm of rest and nourishment, I actually was really conscious of the time. I was really conscious of how little time six weeks could be, and I had made a list of all of the things I wanted to do that I can't normally do when I'm working full-time, 
um, things like the books I wanted to read, the crafts I wanted to make, the food I wanted to cook, um, you know, just all of the things that I, I wanted to do with my quote unquote time off and just being really conscious of, um, of how the time was running and how it might run out very quickly. Uh, but then it, it shifted after a week, maybe a week and a half. Um, it shifted into realizing I didn't really have a sense of urgency anymore. There was nothing that needed to get done. There was no deadline and no timeline that said, um, you know, X, Y, and Z has to be done by this date. And that created a lot of, of openness and my creativity began to really flourish in that, uh, space. And, uh, I remember at one point about halfway through, I, um, decided just to start recording meditations and, uh, I had had this on my to-do list to create more, you know, meditations, recordings for uh, Insight Timer and for people in my community. And, you know, it just sat on my to-do list for months and months. And I just kept pushing it back and pushing it back because it wasn't, um, because it wasn't urgent. It's not an urgent thing that needs to happen in my business. But, this space I had created, this rest I had created for myself, um, these meditations just flowed out of me. And there was like two or three days that that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to do was just record these meditations and embodiment practices. Um, and it was like, it was like an overflowing of my of my already filled cup. So I spent the time, you know, filling my cup with all of these things that were nourishing for me. And out of the overflowing came, uh, you know, these meditations and really felt like these offerings were coming as, as gifts into, uh, into the world, into the people in my community. Instead of really like, um, you know, things I had to do to get people in my course or in the community or on the email list. Um, and it, they just have such a different quality to them because they were an outpouring of love and an outpouring of my, you know, my divine calling in my life to create sacred space for people. And I could feel that the difference in the energy within myself, and I'm hopeful that if any of you come across one of these meditations, that you'll be able to feel that difference as well. And that is sort of the energy I'm wanting to bring now that I'm, I'm back into full-time work as well. I want my offerings to be offerings of, of overflow uh, instead of offerings of you know, scraping, scraping the bottle of the barrel, trying to survive, um, feeling like I have to do these things too. Um, yeah, just feeling like I, I have to do them. I want to do them because I love to do them, not because I have to. Yeah. And it really was an embodiment of, of the energy that I feel in my inner winter of my cycle as well, where it's this 
I've given myself permission to rest, permission to just focus on my my inner landscape, um, my soul, and what it is desiring. And, you know, I get so many creative downloaded visions during that time, but there's no, but there is no urgency behind them. There's no need to do them at that moment. And I can just write everything down and lay it down for, for a later day. And that's really what this six weeks felt like as well. I had created this space where I was open to receiving these creative visions and downloads and there was no need to do anything with them. So now I have, you know, a whole I have pages and pages in my in my notebook full of things I am wanting to bring into my business, into service, uh, into the world for all of you this coming year that I'm really, really excited about. There have also been just some um, really practical things that happened over this break as well that have been really, really good for me and good for my body. And one is that I was sleeping consistently more than seven hours, um, trying to get at least eight every night. And that was something before that I struggled with to be consistent, um, getting a good night's rest when I usually like to work late into the night. I also noticed that I wasn't comparing myself to other people, to other businesses during this time as well, which I really feel like being on Instagram brings out in me as much as I don't want to compare and I love lifting up other people's businesses and their work. Um, there is just something when you see somebody else's, you know, numbers go up, when you see a lot of interaction on their pages, when you have crickets, um, that it's hard to get out of that mindset of comparison. And I, yeah, I did not experience that at all. Obviously, I wasn't on um, Instagram for those six weeks and really felt that lift from from my shoulders and the struggle that I was having even to to not compare myself because I I know that it is not helpful or useful for my own uh, well-being. And I had usually the inner spring of my cycle is the one I struggle with the most. And there was a huge shift in the way I experienced spring over these six weeks. I was able to be in my spring twice during the six weeks. And I went through my journal and every every night I write down three feeling words um, using nonviolent communication structure. I find the three feeling words that are associated most with that day and I, I write them down in my cycle chart. Um, 
which I have available for free on my website, meganoreen.com backslash free, if you want to uh, grab that cycle chart that I use. And in this chart, before I went on my hibernation, I was consistently in my spring writing feelings of overwhelm, frustration, feelings of being lost, directionless, um, you know, really not not knowing what to do with the energy I was having. And now in these past, um, it's been three cycles now that I have had um, since the beginning of it. And consistently now in my inner spring, I've been writing words of uh, energized, flexible, fondness, happy. Um, yeah, just a total shift in how I have experienced one of the most difficult parts of my cycle. And so that's really telling me that I probably do not rest enough during the inner winter of my cycle regularly and to create more space and more nourishment in that um, as a regular cycle practice. So that's um, really exciting to move forward in that space. Something else is that I have noticed that going out into the city here in Kolkata, we live on sort of the outskirts of the city and I am a homebody. Uh, so almost every day I stay at home or very close to home. But uh, a few times uh, my partner and I went out into the city. We even once went out to one of the biggest markets in the city. And even though it's, um, you know, COVID, there are still a lot of people out in, uh, you know, this city of 18 million and people in this market, there's lots of, um, noise, lots of smells, lots of, um, hawkers trying to get you to buy things and, I noticed that, um, you know, I've lived here for 10 years now and it's usually a point of, um, yeah, a lot of overwhelm for me and a lot of anxiety and I get really frustrated quickly. My fuse gets really short, um, after being out in these markets, even for, you know, a half an hour to an hour. And we spent, you know, multiple hours um, outside in the city and in the market, and I did not feel any sense of overwhelm or frustration and wasn't really bothered by all of the people and the smells and the noises. And that was really just telling me that the space I had given myself to rest and be nourished had really like filled, filled my cup again. I'll just keep going with that uh, analogy that my cup was really full and that it would have taken a lot to deplete myself and to shorten my fuse to reach those levels of overwhelm and frustration. So that's, uh, yeah, that's like a really a really significant thing that I haven't really experienced in 
Um, I actually can't remember the last time I experienced those feelings about being in, in the markets here in the city. Something else I was intentionally doing over this time was just spending a lot of time reading. And um, some of the books that I have been reading have been Braiding Sweetgrass, The Body Keeps the Score, My Grandmother's Hands, Come As You Are. So really wanting to focus more on embodiment, um, you know, embodiment of my sexuality and what that means for me, embodiment of the traumas and the shadows of racism, of where white supremacy is within my body, and then that embodied connection with the earth. Um, and something pretty significant happened while reading Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Kimmer. And Robin shared that the idea of scarcity or lack of, you know, that mindset that we have of always thinking about the things we don't have really keeps capitalism running and moving. And it thrives. Capitalism thrives on our scarcity mindset. And there is a shift then when we move into this mindset of abundance and not the abundance of, you know, everything is love and light or, you know, the prosperity gospel that you or law of attraction, not that sort of abundance, but the abundance of just being really grateful for everything that you already have, like realizing right now in this moment, all of the beautiful, wonderful things that you have that are keeping you alive, that bring you pleasure, and realizing how abundant you actually are in this moment. And that is anti-capitalist. And as I have been, you know, working for years with my cycle against this capitalistic mo linear model of producing and always doing, and I had never connected those um, two things together. And so this desire to be anti-capitalist has, um, yeah, made me really choose to step into a mindset of abundance and being grateful, being really grateful for what I have. Like even just the air I am breathing and the land under my feet, even though, you know, this land of India is not the land I, um, you know, really want to live on at the moment as we are waiting to move back to the, back to Turtle Island. But just really being thankful because right now this land is sustaining my life. So that has really just been another shift moving from this scarcity mindset to uh, an abundance mindset in the framework of, you know, capitalism and moving away from capitalism and really um, just being able to be grateful for every single thing that I have. And now coming back into, you know, full-time work, back into the outside world, um, I have, again, found it a bit difficult to transition out of this hibernation mode. 
And just reminded today of the slow slowness of the beginning of spring, right? And just as, you know, the light of the sun each day gets just a few minutes longer and the temperature gets just a, you know, a minuscule amount uh, warmer each day as the transition moves from winter to spring and just reminded of of that and how to be gentle and kind with myself as I move back into working in my business. Uh, yeah, that everything doesn't doesn't need to get done right away, right in the beginning here, and trying again to rid rid myself of the shoulds and the have tos and that sense of urgency. And I found myself being pulled um, by the urgency a few times now in this past, you know, week and a half since I've been back. And um, yeah, but it's been it's been a little bit of a seesaw in that way that I'm feeling pulled towards the urgency, but then I feel pulled back again towards the rest. And I'm in the space in the middle, um, trying to find the balance of the seesaw going going back and forth. And just realizing as I'm moving back out into the world, back into the work that, you know, our society doesn't value rest and it doesn't even recognize it as a necessity. You know, the the capitalist worldview will have us believe that we always need to be going and there's always time to do more and to produce more and, um, you know, teaching us the, how we should be waking up earlier, how we should be, um, you know, how we can fit more things into our day by creating all of these time efficient uh, contraptions that we have seemed to gathered up. And I have felt some of that um, energy, you know, telling me that these six weeks I just wasted and I was stuck in place, not going forward at all while everybody else was moving forward and doing things that um, made their life better. And uh, this became very apparent the first time I got on Instagram after coming back and I, I was only on there for less than five minutes before I felt that energy. I felt the energy of feeling sucked back into that world of urgency and needing it to do and get out there because everybody else was moving. Um, but I, I quickly jumped back off uh, in, in those five minutes and um, took some space away for, for a couple of days and then came back on for, you know, about 30 minutes and then came back off for a couple of days. And so it's that, that easing, that slow, that slowing back in that space that we find in our spring. And as I align my life more with the earthly seasonal rhythms, I can see so much more how they're reflected in my menstrual cycle as well. And knowing that my 
Inner winter is, you know, my, the favorite time in my cycle. And it's really the only time that I have been able to give myself permission to, to take that rest and really have that space of intimacy with myself and figuring out, uh, discovering, unearthing the essence of who I am. And that it's very difficult to come back into the spring and that crossover from the winter to spring and trying to take all of these visions and this intimacy I had with myself and um, come back out into a world that doesn't really honor those, those things as much as I am able to honor them within myself. And so there's definitely a vulnerability there and a vulnerability that I'm feeling coming back after this hibernation and the vulnerability of being sucked back into habits and mindsets that I I don't really want and are not really serving um, my well-being. And So just really being mindful of that and wanting to protect uh, and cherish that that space that is um, around me so that I can come back slowly and hopefully, you know, come back into a full full blossom in, in the summertime. So those are some of my reflections, possibly some of my ramblings about, yeah, what it, what transpired for me over my six-week hibernation and how it's been transitioning back into work. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, I will get better at this, the transitioning into the hibernation, the hibernation itself, and then the transition out as the years go by, because I'm really wanting to make this a practice that is consistent throughout the years that I'm, that I'm able to have the flexibility to do that and really, really be one with the, the seasons and that call to move inward and be in union with myself in the winter. And I hope and I pray that all of you listening will be able to find and discover whatever it is that will give you the space and be able to fill your cup so that you can give from a place of abundance and from uh, an overflowing love to those who are near and dear to you. And now that I am back working in my business, hopefully I will see you back here very soon on another episode of Lunarscape.